0: of the things I talk about in the book a lot is to have these key insights about yourself and your behavior and what you're telling yourself and, and what you're, you're the one who is stopping you. Bold people are never the ones who stop themselves. They wait till somebody else tries to stop them. And sometimes they find a way through that even then, but they don't ever find a way to talk themselves out of it.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Today, my guest is Fred Joyle. He is an author, a speaker, entrepreneur, and a business advisor. He co-founded the most successful dentist referral service in the country, 1-800-DENTIST. He has written two books on marketing and dabbled in stand up and improv, and even acted in some bad movies, uh, self proclaimed bad movies, that is, and in uh, some very excellent TV commercials. His latest book, Super Bold From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, is an Amazon and Wall Street Journal bestseller. A couple fun facts about Fred he once beat Sir Richard Branson in chess, and he was also an answer on an episode of Jeopardy. How cool is that? He currently resides in Los Angeles, and today he is my guest, and we are going to talk about how to overcome shyness and become a bold business owner. Let's get into it. Uh, My guest today, Fred Joyle, we're going to be talking about how to overcome shyness and become a bold business owner, um, which I am excited about. I used to be super shy um and how i don't really know how i overcame it maybe through our conversation today i will actually find out how uh, but yeah i was uh very much of a, a introvert like didn't want to talk to anyone always afraid of what people thought um but yeah, I'm I'm excited for our conversation. So uh, yeah, Fred, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here.
0: Excited to be here, John, and and figure out how you solve your shyness because it's probably parallels <laughs> a lot of what I did and what I'm trying to teach people.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because this is something that I I know I struggled with a ton, especially as a as a child. Like uh, through high school, I was very shy, and and always worrying about what people thought and what, like just projecting my insecurities onto them. Um, but, but yeah. Okay. So could you give us a little, uh, I know you are, uh, you're an author, uh, entrepreneur, speaker, um, you uh, co-founded uh, 1-800-DENTIST, which is amazing. And I kind of want to get into a little bit of that too, but could you give us a little backstory about you?
0: Yeah. So uh, I grew up in uh small New England town in Rhode Island and uh and I grew up very introverted and uh and ended up missing a lot of opportunities along the way and and it was really frustrating to me because I couldn't figure out why bold people were even behaving the way they were because I couldn't get there. Um but eventually I moved to California uh which was a fairly bold move and yeah. and then gradually I started to push myself Into a discomfort zone until I figured out how to tolerate it, essentially. And then it created this positive feedback loop because good stuff kept happening when I would step up and speak up and reach out and and eventually even get satisfied just by trying. Because a lot of what frustrates us when we're underconfident, which is most people have some level of underconfidence, uh, or we're underconfident when it's really important to us. Yeah. You know, we're confident in in all of these situations where we're we're already comfortable, but when it suddenly matters and it's something new, we we can't summon it. So I, I eventually realized if I was going to seize opportunities, I had to be able to call on my boldness and confidence in any situation. And it it took me a long time to do it. But over the years I started, I worked in advertising uh, and then started my own business in advertising, which is 1-800-DENTIST, ran that for 30 years and uh, did stuff on the side to become a speaker because I wanted to get good at being on stage. It was good for my business yeah. as well. And so I started doing improv comedy and stand-up comedy and did some acting and voice training and all of these things started to teach me a whole bunch of skills that really applied everywhere in my life. And then, and, and so sold 800 Dennis, a uh, about five years ago, and then last year I wrote this book, Super Bold: uh, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. And basically, it's a systematic way where anybody can really accelerate the the growth of their boldness and confidence to however high level they want to get to. But they'll transform themselves in 90 days so that they they are their default mode starts to be. Bold and confident and then you'll expand on it the rest of your life. I'm still doing it, but I can summon it almost always when I need it. And when I don't, I know why I didn't. Yeah, that's the other important thing.
1: Yeah, that sounds like I'm very interested in this book Um, because even though like I'm uh, leaps and bounds uh, bolder than I was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, there are still moments that I'm just like, I don't know. Like, like whenever you said, whenever it really matters, like that, that's kind of whenever I'm, I'm more on the, the underconfident side where I'm like, this is a big step. This is a big thing. Can I actually do this? I don't know. Um, And that's where I need that, that boldness to just like come like straight away, almost uh, like second nature, kind of like building that second nature. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in that. And, and I love that. You have like the 90 day like mark on there of like this took uh, you years, I'm sure, like living through it and becoming more decades. bold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't have to go through the decades of going from underconfident, shy, uh, to uh being able to summon that boldness. You can get there in 90 days. So um uh, yeah, I, I love that. That's that's very cool. Um what what are some some of the things that you kind of see or or that would be different for like a bold business owner versus a shy business owner?
0: Well, there's there's so many aspects of being a business person that require you to project your confidence and to do bold things. And I'll I'll start with something really small relatively, it seems really small, but it's an integral part of running your business is you have to be bold enough to give your, the people working for you, the feedback that they need to tell them what you expect from them, not just hope that they do it because you gave them a job or you're paying them well, or, uh, you've given them a great work environment. You have to spell out what they're doing, what they should be doing, and what they're not doing. And and a lot of people, are they just want to be nice all the time. And if, they, if I just treat people really well, they'll do what, what I want them to do. No, they're going to do what they like doing and what they think you want them to do. Uh, and they're going to pick the easiest path through all of it. So and this was a huge mistake I made with my business is we created a great work environment, but we never told anybody that we demanded high performance in return mm-hmm. till much later in our business. And we didn't and, and we weren't good at, at just sitting somebody down, not in annual review time, like once a year, but like, let's do it right now this week. Let's not put it off. Right. Let's sit them down and say, "Okay, these are the things you're doing really well, but this has to change if you want to keep working here because you're not performing the way we need you to. And it's not fair to the other people here to keep you here if you do that. That's a bold thing to put out there, but it's absolutely essential to be able to do that. It is. And it's, and there's, then you go all through the business. There's so many other examples, but that you can, you, you know how important that is, John. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And I am like, I'm the, uh, the least confrontational person. I don't like confrontation. I don't like talking to people where I'm like, if I say this, they're probably not going to like it. There might be some pushback. Um, I had that recently with one of my uh, team members that I had to address some things that, um, I really hadn't set those expectations. Like you were saying that high level of, uh, of efficiency, um, Like I had not set the expectations beforehand and and spoken about, hey, this is what I'm looking for in your position. That's what I'm expecting. And then they weren't meeting my expectations, which I had not communicated, Um, but I I had to communicate with them. And I was like, they've already been doing this like this is going to be difficult. And it was a difficult conversation. Um, But uh, but yeah, it's we we have to have those conversations because otherwise uh, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to be, they're going to keep repeating the same thing. Like you said, that easiest path, um, and what they assume is, is what they're uh, being expected.
0: Yeah. And, and so now let's talk about how, how are you getting customers to, you know, to be, it takes boldness to sell because part of boldness is you don't absorb rejection or failure. You, you look at that as all as part of the process of getting better, of getting towards your dream. Mm. You know, the, the, like a really good salesperson knows, let's say they're cold calling for a living, they're gonna make a hundred phone calls to have 10 conversations to make one sale. Yeah. They know the numbers, but the, if, if you're the kind of person that absorbs every rejection, You don't get through a hundred phone calls
1: No, because
0: the, the, you know, the first 20 people who hang up on you or curse you out or say, I don't need your crap, whatever discourages you. Whereas a bold person says, wow, they must've been really busy uh, or, or I'm getting closer. It's the old, you know, Babe Ruth said every time he struck out, he says, you know, the old baseball player, every time he struck out, he knew he was closer to the next home run. That's all he looked at it. Whereas all the other players, they go discouraged into the dugout and they're all upset. And, uh, he just went, yep. Struck out. Yeah. Pretty soon. Home run. I get
1: another chance. I get to get back up there again. Yeah. Hey John, you got a sec? Yeah. Friend with the same exact voice as mine. What's up? Do you enjoy going to the post office? You know, I really don't. Those long lines, and maybe there's that little like kiosk thing that works sometimes, but the postage doesn't always print. And then you have to wait in the long line anyway. So, yeah, no. Why do you ask? Well, I think that ship station would be perfect for you. ShipStation is a web-based shipping and order management software that makes shipping products so much easier. You can set up automations for your e-commerce site to print postage directly from home automatically. Seriously, it has been a game changer for me and my business. You can easily print and purchase postage directly from your computer right at home or wherever your computer is and you can get those packages out to your valued clients quicker and with less hassle than traditional shipping methods that's cool all right you got me how do i sign up you can sign up for a free 60-day trial at lightdarkco.com/shipstation that's lightdarkco.com/shipstation and i'll see you anywhere but the post office cool Thanks, friend. And by the way, love your voice. Thanks. are some ways um, that we can like change that mindset instead of the I struck out. I'm I'm a terrible salesperson like I it's this is not working out. What's the point of even calling the 90 other people Um, to that boldness mindset of I get another chance. I'm going to get out there and do this again
0: it's that realization. One of the things I talk about in the book a lot is to have these key insights about yourself and your behavior and what you're telling yourself and, and what you're, you're the one who is stopping you. Bold people are never the ones who stop themselves. They wait till somebody else tries to stop them. And sometimes they find a way through that even then, but they don't ever find a way to talk themselves out of it. You know, let's, you know, using the example of, of a, a guy who sees a, a woman, he wants to meet across the room at a party and he starts telling himself stuff. Oh, she's probably got a boyfriend or, or she probably thinks I don't make enough money or, 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 you know, she's probably even engaged or she's got three boyfriends and so she's not going to be interested in talking to me. And and I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny. I'm like, you know, she, she likes redheads only. We, we got a million things we tell ourselves. The bold person just walks up and doesn't imagine that it's the girl of his dreams because that's, first of all, that's pure fantasy. Right. <laughs> he just goes up and finds out who she is and introduces himself and starts talking to her and it either turns into something or not, but he never has to beat himself up for stopping himself because the guarantee is when you don't do anything is that you failed, right? right? You, you didn't, you didn't step up. So it's like, and a lot of people don't try stuff because they're afraid to fail. Well, the way to guarantee your fail is to not try it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hundred percent failure rate at that point.
1: Yeah. It's like that uh the answer is always gonna be no unless you ask. Because it's <laughs> it's always you're stopping yourself. You know, for for me, like I I used to like part of my identity was I'm a shy person. I'm I'm timid. I'm you know I'm not that confident, and that was something that I identified myself as. for For those people who have just like always been told, like I, anytime that I was like at a party or in a, a group setting. Um, I, I was a listener. I, I liked listening. I would chime in every now and then little witty comments and stuff. But for the most part, people would just look at me and just be like, yeah, I'm like, you know, it'd be it'd be nice if you talked up a little bit more. You're so quiet or or those kind of comments would just like just like tacked that on to me even more. What would you say to those those people that identify as timid or underconfident?
0: well it's it's because that and that reinforced your self-definition but yeah. you are you are not shy it is not you are not genetically shy you exhibit shy behavior in a bunch of situations that's the reality and what you have to do is say do i want to be shy do i want to be acknowledged as shy do i want to let other people define me as shy do, why would i want to define myself as shy you could say, sometimes they behave in a shy way, and I'm trying to stop that. Uh, you can walk up to people and say, you know, I'm, I'm not usually good at meeting people, but you seem like a really interesting person. I'm John. And you do that a couple of times, and you realize, well, that wasn't hard at all. Because what you do is you, you imagine that you have to be really interesting in order to speak. Yeah. When all you have to be is interested, all you have to be is nice. I, I talk to people everywhere now and I was the opposite of this. I couldn't make a phone call. I couldn't ask a girl on a date. I couldn't do anything. But now I'm, I'm in a hotel right now. I, every time I'm in the elevator, I talk to the people in the elevator. I just, I just find something to say That's, that doesn't have to be earth shattering. It doesn't have to be revealing the vulnerable side of myself. Right. I'm just, you know, I, I mean, and a lot of times I just compliment people or we have this little conversation about the hotel or the elevator or how their day's going or whatever. And once you start to do that, you realize it's really easy. People want to talk to you. There's a fabulous study that was done by people who rode New York subways. And they said, 60% of the people surveyed said they would never start a conversation with somebody in the subway. 80% said they'd be willing to have a conversation with somebody else who started a conversation with them. So four to five people would have a conversation with you if you just spoke to them in a New York subway. Yeah, we're like like the least friendly (laughs) environment you can probably be in, Uh uh, you know, short of a foreign prison or something (laughs) like that. Uh, And and so when you understand that, the what the inhibitions you're putting on yourself are grossly inaccurate. And one of the things I tell people is, you know, when you're trying to change your mindset is to just when you have this thought oh uh, you know th- this person's probably not going to find me interesting you're going to you're going to ha- just ask yourself is that true is that a factual statement what evidence do you have that that's the truth versus many other things and when you and and sometimes it's what are the odds that that's actually true like if you say oh uh, that, this person's way too successful they're not going to want to talk to me the odds of that being true are like 5% yeah. Most successful people will talk to you if you just c- don't come on like a freak, right? And just run up and say, hey, can I take a selfie with you? Um, or, you know, I-, I got a really good business and I'm really looking for investors. That's not hello, no. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so be a normal human being and go up and say, you know, I've really enjoyed following your success. Uh, my name's Fred. That's it. They're going to say, oh, you know, thank you very much. What do you do? And now, all of a sudden, here you are talking, but you're gonna stay curious about them, but you're not gonna interrogate them and you're not gonna, you're not concerned about, oh, I need this networking opportunity. As soon as people, it's, they, people smell two things really easily on uh-huh. another person that they want something from them or that they're desperate in some way. Those two things repel people. So get that under control. And, and don't, don't, oh, I got to network with people because I'm a real estate broker and I need a bunch of clients. No, how about just eventually people are going to say, well, what do you do? And you say, oh, you know, I, I, I mean, my whole territory in real estate is uh, in, in Beverly Hills and the surrounding areas. And, you know, I've sold some really great homes in the past, past couple of years that's it that not uh, interested in selling your home right uh you know it's then like if they are this, interested
1: in selling their home they're gonna be like that's what you do oh
0: yeah like what uh, do I'm, you think my home's worth right, right. like yeah. you know i'm not really mm-hmm. selling but what are home's going for now and that's the conversation you say wow it's what's really interesting is is, is in certain areas homes homes are going wild now how old is your home Oh, okay, and here you are now you're just gathering information that they want to offer Yeah. And this is this transfers to everything when when you're not pursuing any other outcome except human connection, everything falls into place. And that's what you have to keep in mind. Don't be aiming for an outcome. If you if you want to meet that interesting man or that woman that that you think you would probably want to date, your goal isn't uh, I've got to get her phone number. I've got to arrange a date. Your goal is connection. Yeah. How do I make a human connection and find out if they're interesting to me and find out if I'm interesting to them? Just start there. Stop yeah. Stop putting so much weight on all these things because you're wrong 90% of the time. The odds of that person across the room being a good mate, they're like 100 to 1 against it, right? right? Because, and we're going by what they're wearing or something, uh, you know, uh, and which is, you know, you got to get to know people before you figure out if they're right for you. And the more you get to know people, the more you find somebody who's right for you. But if you got one shot every two years, it's gonna be rough. <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, absolutely. And like, as you were talking about that, I was thinking of like going to to conferences or, or networking events, because I used to go to those and just be in the corner with my drink And just like standing there, eating the hors d'oeuvres, whatever. Um, And I I would talk to a couple people that I may have already had connections with, but I was definitely not going out and speaking with anyone new. And I don't remember who it was, but someone had told me, just go meet three new people. And just like you said, just walk up and say, hi, Uh, my name is John.
0: And, and, and that's one of the things I talk about in the book in, in, in my method, my, but what I call the pride method, mm-hmm. the D in the pride acronym is dosage, control the dosage of the intensity. If meeting three people's too many say, yeah. I'm not leaving this party till I meet one person. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not leaving this party till I introduce myself to one person. That's uh, lower the dosage till you can't not do it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you do it and you say, well, what, that was ridiculously easy. Mm. Maybe I'll do two people. But you let yourself off the hook with one and get the positive feedback loop from doing it. And even if they say, you know, I, I, nice to meet you, but I'm really busy. I really wanted to talk to that guy. You still did it. Yeah, You still stepped up to the plate. You still took that bold move. And you start to like yourself for doing it. Yeah. And you say, yep, wasn't that hard? And I didn't die when they weren't interested in me. Cause it's, you know, we, we create psychological danger all the time. And the body says we're in danger. It has the same reaction to physical and psychological danger start to sweat, you know, cognitive skills get impaired Uh because you don't need deep cognitive skills to defend yourself. Right. (laughs) And if you're in danger, it goes to the basics. And so that's not helpful when you're in a social situation. So you have to revise that understanding and insight of the situation to eliminate the danger. Say there's nothing, nothing bad happens unless I label it that way, and one one of my favorite stories, which is such a prime example of this, is a, a, a woman I knew. She, she's speaking on stage, and she breaks her high heel off. Now, you ask any woman what it's short of a full wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. What what could be worse than that? Because oh, yeah. now they're oh, so it's a nightmare. She kicks her shoes off and says. I guess I should start spending more than 30 bucks on a pair of shoes. The place falls out. They just die laughing. Right. She does the rest of the speech barefoot. She owns them at that point because she decided not to be embarrassed. She decided to make it a joke. And, and they just went, wow, she's so human, but, and they admire her so much because of the choice she made. And that's when you realize being embarrassed is a choice, being humiliated, feeling unworthy. Those are choices you're making rather than truths, rather than reality. She could have said, I'm so sorry. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm, I just gotta go get another pair of shoes. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Yeah. The audience is going to sit there for 10 minutes while that happens, or she's just let it ruin her whole presentation. And she tries to get through it the next five minutes mm-hmm. standing in one place, you know, or 10 minutes. She just rips through it just to get off the stage. Cause that's all she can think about is getting off the stage. Yeah, And everybody's uncomfortable at that point, they right. feel bad for her. And and they feel bad for themselves Uh
1: and they can feel that uncomfortableness coming from her and that embarrassment of breaking the heel and just like, oh, well, now I can't even concentrate on what she's saying because, like, I feel I feel awkward as well. But, yeah, I love that, you know, she just uh, just uh, just. accepted it and just like dove straight yeah. in and was like, yeah, yeah. like I'm going to be more comfortable now. I'm not going to walk around in heels. might have to lower this it, it, microphone, but we're good.
0: What, what it, she instantly, and this is so, so admirable and this is where you can get is if you just say, how is this an opportunity? Mm. How can I, how can I make this work? Um, and, and, you know, like you can spill wine on yourself at a dinner and go, oh, great. And just like, or you can say, this is why my dry cleaner loves me. And everybody laughs. And you're the guy with the stain on your shirt and you don't care. Yeah. And they're, they're admiring you because you don't care. Cause you know what? We all are clumsy moments. It doesn't make us terminal slobs. You know, it's like, oh, they're all going to think I'm clumsy in a slob. It's like all of them. Again, Ask yourself, is that a factual statement that your negative voice just told you? (laughs) Or is it based on your fears, based on on your limited experience in certain situations and your trauma from youth or whatever the heck it is? Is it factual? The reality is 90% of the people could care less if you got a stain on your shirt, because they're not thinking about you, they're thinking about themselves. They're looking at your stain going, geez, I wonder, if I have a stain on myself. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. What's the stain on my pants? I got to go to my room and change. I can't be here. Instead of, they're not embarrassed for you. They think about it for two seconds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's that, the, you know, we always think that imagining what other people are thinking of us, but they're doing the same thing. Imagining what we're thinking of them. And yep. no one's really thinking about the other people as much as we think that they are. And and also like if they have a stain on their pants and then you spill on your shirt and then you're bold and and just accept that, you are just like like the dry cleaner joke. And then if they know that they have a stain on their pants, then they feel more emboldened because they're like they're accepting this. They're they're going on with this. I don't have to rush back. I don't have to to. You know, hold this napkin in this awkward spot to cover up the stain on my pants like they can be more emboldened as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was at a at a, a, an event last night, and I was the MC of this event, and it was a white party. People had to; most people were wearing white. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I didn't take this opportunity, but it would have been great. It would be to, to ask because it was a big dinner, and then a whole bunch of awards, and I was MCing the awards, and I I could have asked. I said, "All right, how many people have?" already stained their clothing. And I'm sure like 20 people cuz I saw people like cleaning stuff off oh, on yeah. their sleeves. You know, it's like what are you doing? You're going to flip salad dressing on it. You are got pouring red wine left and right inside. Like it's like a minefield for for white clothing, right? It's a um but that would that would have been really fun to do because everybody they would have all just laughed cuz how many people raise their hands? Right. Yeah. Um <laughs>
1: and how many people are now okay with it like yeah and then everybody goes i'm
0: I'm gonna be even i'm more relaxed about spilling stuff because it's uh we're gonna send up a stain station over there (laughs) with a guy with club soda who's just gonna help you out (laughs)
1: yeah that's 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 awesome so like for uh, for those wanting to be more bold, what are what are some like first steps they can take? Uh, you've you've kind of mentioned a few in the conversation so far, but just like going forward, um, what are the next steps they can take in becoming more bold?
0: so in in the book i lay out the pride method now very quickly it's the first step is to prepare yourself second step is to relax and as ways i talk about very simply how to relax yourself because a lot of people have no idea how to do that insights like some of the insights that we talked about controlling the dosage which we, which we talked about and then everyday action work on your boldness and confidence every day and in the book i have five levels of exercises and they start non-verbally. They start so simply that you can't not do them, and that's really the goal. You make the, the first attempts so easy that it's ridiculous that you can't do them. And one of the first, the first level of exercises is, is to just smile at everybody you meet for the, the the morning or or some part of the day. Everybody that you meet, and notice that most people smile back, and then when somebody doesn't. You don't have to take it on.
1: Mm,
0: mm. Have listen. It doesn't ha- necessarily reflect anything on you. This could be the worst day of their life. <laughs> you know, they could have just gotten divorce papers served to them, right. or just gotten yeah. fired, or hey, maybe they don't have good looking teeth. Maybe they got bad teeth. And they don't smile at anybody about anything. <laughs> um, and so you don't have to, you can say this, there's a hundred reasons why they didn't smile back. I don't have to take any of it on what, what they're, go, I'm just going around. I'm, I'm, I'm spreading the joy, but you realize most people smile back. It's like the subway store. You smile at people. They're going to smile back and they're actually going to, they're going to be a little bit better in their day because you smiled at them. But it's that, that exercise of like, you you actually start to aim. I'm going to, I'm going to find the person who doesn't smile back just so I don't take it on. Right. And that's so, and that's what these exercises are about. And then you then so there's all of these things that you do and you try to do some do, make a goal. I'm going to do some bold actions every day and then I'm just going to keep expanding. I'm going to work my way up. To the next level of exercises till they they get pretty wild by the end. But you you eventually, when you first read them, you go, I I, I would never do that. And then you get to, you know, you're about 60 days in and you go, oh, what the heck, I will put on some headphones and go dance in front of Starbucks like an idiot. (laughs) And you realize nothing bad happens. You don't die. Some people are going like, look how happy that guy is you know, or she or look at her. She's just bouncing out to that that tune in her. And and uh, and and you, and you just say, wow, that's I imagine that would be horrifying um, when you I first heard it. But now I've worked my way up to doing it. And uh, I think I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to find a different Starbucks and do it. But one of the things I, I love to tell people to do, because it has, it's got all of these weird dynamics behind it, is if you see a sign that says employees only, go in. If, it, <laughs> if it's unlocked, go in. Uh-huh. Nothing bad will happen to you. But we stop ourselves. We go, oh, I, there's a sign. I can't go in. There's a, nobody's going to beat you to death. On the other side, at most, somebody's going to say, uh, "I'm sorry, this is for employees only." Or, "Can I help you?" Nine times out of ten, it's, "Can I help you?" Yeah. But the one percent, one out of ten, is going to say, "This is for employees only," and to which I would say, "Oh, I'm an employee, just not here." Not here. <laughs> so I thought it was any employee could come in, and they look at you like you're an idiot, right? Uh, But you don't care yeah, because your goal was to walk through the door and realize nothing bad happens. And you and you're building your boldness muscle. It's like doing pushups. Right. You say, I don't care about the outcome. I don't care if I get thrown out. I don't want to be in there anyway. Uh (laughs) There's nothing interesting going on in there, I'm sure. (laughs) But I've I've done the exercise. and, And you start to say, Wow, I'm really I get some all sorts of nutty messages that I'm telling myself and stopping myself. And that's what you're trying to defeat is that thing that's going on those voices that are stopping you. Yeah. And start to create the voices that say why not? Mhm. What's it, the worst that could happen? I don't care. Right. Whatever it is, I'm going to roll with it. The worst that could happen, I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. Cuz it's probably going to be fun or it's probably going to be nothing. And when you start to learn that, all things start to turn and you say, well, that makes me uncomfortable. Maybe I'll try it. And and as you start to do it, you say, uh, uncomfortable is not necessarily a bad thing. It just means I'm I'm expanding myself. It's uncomfortable to do the last three reps when you're doing a bench press or squats or something or curls or anything. Of course, it's uncomfortable. That's how you're getting stronger. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing developing your social muscles, your boldness muscles, your confidence is savor the discomfort. Because you can always go back and get comfortable. You always got a place to retreat to, and and restore yourself. But a lot of times, the really good stuff happens when you're uncomfortable.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: even talking about photography, my my ex wife was loved to take pictures, and nothing stopped her from trying to get a picture. I have this fabulous. I have a picture of her in front of this museum in in Monaco and the and the doors open on the museum, but there's a sign in front of it in six languages that basically says do not enter. Uh-huh. And the picture I have of her is her with her head inside <laughs> the door looking at what they don't want her to see uh-huh. and take a picture of. Yeah. And and it's and it's you know, those are the great pictures. Those are the the, the moments when you say I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna step on the no, don't don't walk on the grass, grass. Yeah to get this angle and get that shot. You know why? Cause no, nobody's going to shoot you with a sniper rifle. Okay. They're mostly just trying to keep everybody off the lawn. Mm-hmm. One person on the lawn is not a really a problem. Exactly. A high traffic on the lawn ruins it. So we have all, Oh, there's a do not walk on the grass sign. I can't walk on the grass. Well, what's the worst that could happen? Somebody was gonna, Somebody in a uniform is going to come over and say, get off the grass. Yeah. That's it. But after you've taken the picture. Uh-huh. So, uh, it's, it's this is all of this. This applies to like how how you move through the world. And this is what I was trying to change. I wanted to move through the world where every opportunity that presented itself, I seized. And and in the moment, I did not hesitate because sometimes the, the the window closes quick. yeah, And I didn't. And you hesitate and you say, I should have done that. And, and and sometimes it's really important. Sometimes you have to step up or speak up or try something because it's like a moment. And if you don't do it, it's you gnaw. Uh, you it gnaws at you years later. I should have. my I was I was right there. I was at the Wall of China. I, this I saw this great couple kissing. It would have been a fantastic shot. I should have just said, "Can I take a picture of you guys yeah. with this incredible background?" Yep um they could say no and you are exactly where you were before
1: exactly (laughs) yeah that's the same thing you leave without the photo or they could say yes and then you have that amazing photo yeah yeah i love it i love i love how you like equated the the steps to um To uh, like you mentioned, like uh, doing like a push up because if you are going to like start working out and you're looking at this like 90 day plan of working out and at the end, you're supposed to do like 50 push ups. It's like I can hardly do one push up right now. There's no way (laughs) I can do 50 push ups. But if you start doing that one and then do one for a few days and then you're going to two and now you're going to three and you eventually hit 10 and you're like. 50 is not that hard. Like I can see myself maybe getting to 50, not today, but I can see it. And that's right. The pathway presents
0: itself. The pathway becomes more obvious because you're not at the first step. One of the most powerful things we can change about ourselves is the ability to just start. Mm -hmm. Just go. I'm stepping in. It's like, and that's what boldness is, is in, in, in social situations and, and crucial situations is I'm going in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see what the heck happens, I'm, but I'm stepping up. I'm walking over to that person. I'm going to say, hi, I'm going to get on that stage. I'm going to take the microphone. I'm going to raise my hand. Yep. I'm. You know, when they, somebody says who, who's, who wants to volunteer, raise your hand, you know, uh, and, and see what happens. Because if you're sitting there going, I don't want to raise my hand and nobody's raised their hand opportunity. That's all it is. Let's see what happens Yeah, and you won't die. You never die. Yeah. None of these things will kill you. No, nope. nope. You know, it just feels like you're going to die. It feels uh, like, it. yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the
1: unknowing of what's going to happen and just like the, yeah. oh, well, th- everyone could laugh at me if I go up there and trip and fall or break a heel. Um, but you can turn it into something that will be memorable, <laughs> um, like the yeah. like the broken heel story, which has now become a story that you just yeah. told. Uh, To us. And yeah, it's, it's something like that's, that's, uh, it's a great outlook. I, I love that, that outlook on on life and, and just getting out there and being bold.
0: Yep. And just do some, do something bold, take a bold action every day. That's what mm-hmm. I, I, of course, I'm going to say, read my book. I'm going to ha- and do the exercises of, is, in the book. Don't just read the book. It's about right. doing stuff, creating a systematic step-by-step approach every day to building your confidence and boldness, but talk to a stranger every day, make a bold move every day, get started just that way. If you don't want to read my book and you want to try to wing it on your own, it's just going to take longer. Um, but do something every day and you'll start to say, wait a minute. Why was I, what, why was I so full of it with the stories I'm telling myself? I like got elaborate stories about how many bad things could happen and none of them happen. Yeah. yeah, and I actually connected with a human being. i made somebody feel good about themselves. I love recommending just complimenting strangers. Why not be that person? that what I call the voice of upliftment uplift somebody by just casually saying something, you know, you know, uh, that beard looks great on you and then you're gone. Yeah. You just, it, keep you, just walking, you just improve just their day. Yeah. Right.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my wife to a T she does that all the time. <laughs> We're walking around. She's just like, that is an amazing dress. That is your color. And then, You just see them light up. and Thank you so much. Like that made my day. And it does, because a lot of times they may be thinking, I don't know if yellow is my color. I don't, does that look weird on my skin tone? And then someone, you just coming over and saying you look amazing today, or you've got your beard is just like, so like put together, like great job. And yeah.
0: And it's, it's, it takes seconds to mm -hmm. do that. And and why not be that person? Why not be that generous? We're like so stingy with that stuff. Uh, Like, oh, they don't want to hear that from me. When have you been complimented? And you said, please don't compliment me. I just hate it. (laughs) Right. It's like that is that is a very bizarre response. And you may get it. But then you just go, wow, that's really their problem. It's not my problem. Nope. And <laughs> but, you, you know, I'm just trying to make them walking. feel good about themselves. If exactly. they want to refuse that, that's really their stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Fred, I have loved this. This has been such a great conversation. I'm very excited for your book, uh, Super Bold. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll have like links in the show notes and everything uh, for people to get it. Is it when is when is it coming out?
0: It's been out since uh, October 12th of Perfect. 2021. So okay. uh, you can get it on Amazon, hardcover, Audible and uh, Kindle version. Uh, okay. And so it's it's right there for you. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Well, cool. Yeah, I will have links to all those things. Um, Before before we wrap up, there's a part of the show that I like to do just kind of talking about what we're loving this week. Um, And it could be like a movie, book, TV show, a new food or, you know, the 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 view in Florida right now. Um, What is something you're loving this week?
0: Um, you know what it, the the party I was at last night the the people where everybody was wearing white um the the women really uh turned it out turned it up they really they had fun with it they had just great outfits and you could could tell what it did to everybody it was like this chance to like try something very specific and and everybody was so which was way more than usual everybody was just talking about everybody's how great they looked and that that was really fun that, that uh, to be at like a themed party and and see the effect it had on everybody it just opened them up it was it was uh really a great thing to be part of
1: that is cool i i do love themed parties it gives you that excuse to like get that dress or to get that like fun blazer or something with the cool pattern that you're like I wouldn't normally wear this, but it's an 80s themed party and I'm going to dress all 80s. This is going to be fun. Uh so that's cool. That's awesome. Um let's see. I'm I'm loving I'm in the third book of a trilogy uh uh, uh non-fiction or wait, no, fiction uh trilogy called uh, Wayward Pines and I'm in the third book and like a couple chapters left. It's very interesting story of like this uh FBI agent who goes to find uh his old partner who is missing in this town and then he gets to the town and uh starts realizing stuff about the town that's not quite what he thinks and uh it's it's really interesting uh break uh, Blake Crouch is the the author um but yeah it's it's a good a good book series um really great writing uh just like Keeps you in there. I started this one on a plane about a week ago, and just like I, I'm a very well, you're slow in the rider. painful.
0: You're in the painful part where you're, you're, it's, it's running dry. It's <laughs> yeah. almost over. It's almost over. I, you know, I, I, that's hard <laughs> for me. Like when I'm reading really great stuff and it's like, oh no, there's 47 pages <laughs> I left. Know, I, know. I get <laughs> start like, reading it slower. <laughs>
1: I kept flipping to the back. I'm like, Oh, I am like three chapters away. Okay. I've got to i I've got to like savor this because it's like watching yeah. a great TV show and like goes for, for eight years. And then it ends and you're like, but these were my friends. Like
0: yeah. I'm not going to be able to finale. That you can't do that to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all
1: right. Well, Fred, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you? Um, I'll have links to uh, where they can get your book, super bold, as well as uh, the other books that you've written um, before.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. The rest of the stuff I've written specifically for the dental industry, which I worked in their marketing books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you can go to my website, fredjoyle.com. There's a a couple of videos uh, of me lecturing on being super bold. You can download the first chapter of the book there as well for free. So uh, fredjoyle.com is always a great place to find me.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Well, Fred, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: John, thanks for having me. This has been fun.